thank you for it as we share the word of God today. We trust it'll, it'll be an encouragement to people and, and we'll uh, bring insight and just be helpful and, and that as we are blessed, we'll go out and be a blessing to others. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, hey, greet a couple people, love on them and you can be seated. All right, open your Bibles, would you, to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew, the sixth chapter, and uh, we're right at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, and uh, you know the Bible talks about forgetting those things that are behind and pressing forward, and uh, we need to do that. Is there anything you'd like to forget about? in 2012 anything you'd like to forget about yesterday (laughs) well we need to forget some things the Bible says that are behind and press forward and so this time of the year unless the spirit of God leads me different I like to talk about from the word of God the principle of first things the principle of first things notice in Matthew 6.33 tells us that we're supposed to do something Notice what the Bible says, Matthew 6, 33. Seek, seek when? First. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now the things that Jesus is talking about there, if you took the time to read up above, you would see he's talking about the necessities of life, what you would eat, what you would wear and these sorts of things. But, you know, we're not supposed to, according to what Jesus said here, we're not supposed to seek those things first, the necessities of life. What are we supposed to seek first? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if we'll do that with a good and a right heart, just just because we love him, then as a result, what will happen? All these what? things will be added unto you. You know, there's a scripture that says to seek the Lord early, or we could say here, seek him first. You know why you want to seek the Lord early, don't you? So you don't mess up late. That's, you ought to write that maybe somewhere in the leaflet of your Bible. You seek him early so you don't what? Mess up late. Now, I've never been one of these guys that, that, that you know, will tell you that you got to get up at five o'clock to seek the Lord. I believe the principle is you need to just put him first. Do you understand? Because I I know growing up there was a a certain pastor told me that, you know, I had to get up at five o'clock and, and, you know, all and and pray. And if you do that, that's fine. I don't work real well at five o'clock, you know. (laughs) Now, my wife, she works great at five o'clock in the morning. But now I do my best work you know, probably between eight and midnight, you know, but now, she, now eight and midnight, she, you don't want her doing anything for you between eight and midnight. Is that right? See, our, just the way we're set up. So, you know, you know, you can make a God out of anything. Did you know that? You know, there's people that make a God out of prayer. How many of you know we ought to pray? Is that right? But you can make a God out of that. 
And faith, I believe in, you can't please God apart from what? Faith, but you can make a God out of that. And you can make a God out of faith and who is God? God's God, right? Our faith needs to be in God. When we pray, we're praying to God. You know, you can make a God out of anything. You can make a God out of getting up at five o'clock in the morning, you know? But the principle that we wanna talk to you today is first things, And the Bible, Jesus tells us we're supposed to do something first. And what is that? Seek first the what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, when you talk about first things, uh, what's the, does anybody remember there there were 10, were they suggestions or commandments? Commandments. Oh, commandments. Okay, they're commandments. And does anybody remember what the first one is? The first one? You'll have no other... God's before me, before God. So what does the first commandment tell us to do to keep God first? And that's just what this whole message is about here today is just encouraging all of us to keep God first because in this society in which we live, particularly here in the United States of America where we have every kind of gadget and every kind of, you know, I mean... My cell phone now will do just about everything for me but take my temperature. And it probably would do that too. I mean, does anybody have one to take your temperature? Probably. But we've got so many things that can distract us. You, you know what I'm saying? And so we really have to be on guard and, and, and watch ourselves and be sure that we keep God first and don't let anything come before him. He said we'll have, that we should have no other gods before him. And um, one thing that, that I've noticed over the years and I've learned is that one way, and maybe it could be the primary way, that, that you can tell how somebody feels about God is you can look at the way they treat his house. Did, did, did you get that? You look at the way that they treat his house, which we would call the local church, you know, the house of God. And, and much we could say about that. I know each of our, our bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost, so individually we're houses of God. Is that right? And, and, and I'll be the first one to say that you don't have to be in a church building to experience the presence of God. But God, Jesus said, I will build my church. And as you study the New Testament, you see that there's a church universal that you become a member of that when you repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus. You're gonna miss hell and make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But then there's also a local church. Real loud, say local church. See, the local church. And, And God has a local church for everyone. And he has a pastor for everyone in that local church. And I've said this for years, you need to seek God and let God pick your church and pastor for you. You don't pick it yourself. Can you say amen to that? Okay, now, having having said that, notice here in Acts 20, verse 7. Let's go to Acts 20, verse 7. And we can see what the early church, what they were doing. Notice Acts 20, verse 7, now on the what? On the... First day of the week. Now, you know that's Sunday, right? Now, that's not Monday. It's, it's Sunday. First day of the week is, is when? Sunday. It's Sunday. On the first day of the week, 
When the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to part the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, he preached a long time, didn't he? Now, I'm not going to keep you here till midnight. I'm going to keep you here till a little bit after 11. But you know what? I'm hungry for a people that, and I believe we have a people that if the Spirit of God was in the middle of something, you'd want to stay till midnight. Now, if he was in, if he was really, did you hear what I just said? But we won't keep you till midnight. But what were they doing on the first day of the week? They were assembling. And I believe they were putting God first by honoring, we could say, the house of God coming together, just like we've done here today. I just think it's a wonderful thing when on the first day of the week, the first thing we do on the first day of the week is come together and worship God. That's one of the greatest things you can do, I believe. Now, if you went to the book of Haggai, you can turn over there, chapter 1, verse 3, and we're going to put it up here in the New Living Translation, Haggai, or Haggai, however you want to say that, one of the Old Testament prophets. He has some things to say about the house of God and putting the house of God first, or the Holy Ghost through him. Look at Haggai 1, verse 3. New Living Translation, and I'm pretty sure we have that. Haggai 1 verse 3 in the New Living Translation. Okay, there it is. It's up there on the screen if you don't have it. Let's, let's read through this. I usually use the New King James, but let's look at this. So the Lord sent the message, this message, through the prophet Haggai, which, and then he says this, why are you, now look at this, why are you living in luxurious, in luxurious houses, while my house lies in ruins. See, I don't think the Lord has a problem with us being prosperous. The Bible says that he takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servant. And you study the Bible, God doesn't want you broke, he wants you to prosper. You understand that? But notice what does aggravate the Lord is us having luxurious houses while his house lies in what? Ruins. Now that's what upsets him. This is what the Lord Almighty says, consider how things are going for you. He's asking us all a question. You have planted much, but harvested little. You have food to eat, but not enough to fill you up. You have wine to drink, but not enough to satisfy your thirst. And in our society, we'd say water. We have water to drink. You realize the water back in that time, was most of it would make you sick. So don't get hung up on the wine and getting drunk here. It's, we could say it this way. We have water to drink, but not enough to satisfy our thirst in our society. You have clothing to wear, but not enough to keep you warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Has anybody ever been there? For it's earned, your money's already gone, you know. You've got too much month at the end of the paycheck, you know. However you want to say it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. I like the way the King James says it. Consider your ways. What's the Lord talking about here? He's talking about the way the people treated the house of God. Notice verse 8. Now go up into the hills, bring down timber, and rebuild my house... Then I'll take pleasure in it 
and be honored, says the Lord. Now notice verse 9. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it. The Lord did what? He, he blew it away. Why? Well, because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord Almighty, while you are all busy building your own fine houses. See, God doesn't have a problem with you having a fine house or me having a fine house. But what he does have a problem with is when we're, you know, living in these fine things and we're letting his house, you know, lay in ruins. We're not keeping his house first. That is why the heavens have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its crops. I have called for a drought on your fields. Wow. And hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olives and all your other crops. A drought to starve both you and your cattle and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Now, who was doing that? Was God doing that or was the devil doing that? God was doing that. Why? Because people just simply wouldn't put him first and his house first. That's very sobering, isn't it? Very, very sobering. Very, very, very sobering. I know that if you study the Bible and you look at during the millennium, which is yet to come, the thousand years where Jesus reigns upon the earth, aren't you glad that he's going to come and eventually reign on the earth? For a thousand years from Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't that be wonderful? How many of you know there's a rapture going to take place where the Lord descends from heaven with a shout and voice of the archangel, trumpet of God, dead in Christ, rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be changed moment, twinkling I be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Won't that be wonderful? And then the Bible teaches a seven-year tribulation period. Then the Bible teaches Jesus comes back and, and we come back with him riding on the white horses. Isn't that wonderful? And he defeats the Antichrist. He sets up a, a kingdom in, Jeru- in Jerusalem and he'll reign as a benevolent dictator throughout the, throughout the earth. Aren't you glad that he's going to do away with Democrats and Republicans? Thank God. Won't that be a wonderful day? Both of them. <laughs> but you know, I bring that up to say this. In that time, you see, God never makes anybody worship him. See, the devil wants you to bow down and worship and he'll try to make you worship him, but God never makes anybody worship him. Do you understand that? But during that millennium, as you study the Bible, you can see that, that, that of our free will, people will be able to go up to Jerusalem and worship the Lord. And if you do, you'll get rain upon your, your land. And if you don't, guess what? You don't get rain. You know, it pays to put God first. It just really does. It just, and it's such a simple thing, but yet it seems like so many just, as I've observed this over the many, many, many years, just just don't want to do that. And I, I've never been able to figure that out, but uh, let's keep God first. What do you say? You know, and there's so much we could say about this. Proverbs, go to Proverbs 3, verse 9. Let's turn there. And, and I seldom ever teach on tithing or giving or I say almost nothing about money around here just once in a while. And you know what? All the needs of the church are met. We have no debt on the ministry. Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? We haven't had any debt for years and years. Is that wonderful? 
praise God, everything's going so well and so wonderful. I'm just getting fired up, amen. amen. Stirred up, move on. What do you say? Amen. <laughs> Honor the Lord, this is Proverbs 3, 9, back New King James. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the what? The first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine or, you know, there'll be plenty to drink. Amen? First fruits of all your what? Of all your increase. Now, well, let me just say something to you about first fruits. You see the principle of first fruits and keep, we're talking about keeping God first, so I thought it was apropos to talk about first fruits. You see the principle of first fruits in, what, in an agricultural society. They had, they had crops, they had animals and whatnot that they would bring to the Lord, the first of the crop or the firstborn and whatnot. Uh, as you study the, the Bible and then as you look at even the New Testament, the principle of first fruits works and fits well and is given in the midst of an agricultural society. But when, when you try to get the principle of first fruits and apply it to, to money, you run into some horrible inconsistencies. And, and I say this to protect you as much as anything else. Whenever you see a minister talking about that you need to give money as first fruits, they, they're either misinformed or, or they're trying to get your money. Did you know there are preachers that just try to get your money? Did you know that? But I believe the tithe is something that is consistent all throughout the Bible. You see it in the Garden of Eden. Remember in the Garden of Eden, God said of all the trees of the garden, you may what? Freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you don't eat of it. So he reserved that one for himself, we could say. And you see the principle of the tithe all the way through. We'll, we'll, we'll point a couple of them out here in just a moment. Uh, how many of you know Jesus was a tither? It, he was either a tither or he was a hypocrite. And I don't believe he was a hypocrite. Why do I say that? Because he told the people, he said, he said that, he, he, he knows what he said. He said, uh, you bring tithe of this, that, and the other, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law. Did you know there's weightier things than tithing? Like loving the Lord and loving one another and walking in righteousness and, and grace and mercy. You, you understand that? And, uh, uh, and actually, we'll just get off the notes here just a little bit. But uh, go to Matthew 5.23. Notice this. Matthew 5.23. Go there. You remember Jesus said there were weightier matters than tithing, didn't he? You can look that up. You can find that. Because he told him, he said, he said you, you bring tithe of all these things, but he said you've neglected the weightier matters of the law. And then he, he, he talks about love and mercy and all that. And, and then he says, these you ought to have done and then he says, you shouldn't have left the tithing what? Undone. Now that's not this verse we're looking up, but that's another verse. So did Jesus tell the people to tithe? Yeah, because he told them not to leave it undone. Is that right? So, so if Jesus told other people to tithe and he didn't tithe himself, then he's a what? Hypocrite. We know he's not a hypocrite. And, and he had a treasure. Does anybody remember that treasurer's name? And remember when he got up to go out that one night, some of them thought that he went out to give money to the poor. Remember that? So Jesus had a giving ministry. He was a giver, 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 giver. Notice here in Matthew 5, 23, 
So you have tithing all throughout the Bible. The book of Hebrews mentions it. Look at Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar. Notice, leave it. Don't offer it. Just leave it there and go your way and then what? And then what? What is the, what is the word though? And then what? First, realize, say first. First be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. See, there's more important things than than tithing. But it's one thing that we need to look at. And uh, and, and, and it's a way that you can, you know, in in school, when I was a math teacher, both at the junior college level and and at the the high school level and junior high level, in the the book, you know, as we went through the math book, every couple of sections, there'd be a self-test. You remember those? And so it's just a self-test here. It's just something I'm bringing up. Just a self-test between you and the Lord. Are you keeping the Lord first in, in, your, in, your, in your church attendance, in your tithing, in your giving? Are you keeping him first? And, and are there more important things to you than tithing? There should be, like walking in love and helping others. Is that right? Staying out of strife. How many of you know that's more important than tithing? Loving, loving your, your spouse and honoring your spouse. You understand that? So much we could say. Uh, you know, real quick, Malachi 3 verse 8. How can you teach a message like this without going to med, almost be sacrilege to, to teach a me, message on this without going to Malachi 3 8? Go there quickly. Will a man rob God? Do you know it's possible to rob God? Yet you've robbed me. Malachi 3 8. Yet you've robbed me. But you say, and what have we robbed you? And what does he say in what? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me, this whole nation. But you know what? He doesn't stop there. He gives them a chance to repent. Then he says, bring all, and he knows he didn't say sin. Now there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you're out of town or something, you send a tithe, that's fine. But, but by and large, week in, week out, what does he say? bring that means you got to show up at the house of God how many of you know God's more concerned about you than he's concerned about your money is that right but you also have to realize that your money is probably the best way to observe and give a self-test to yourself to see where your heart is because where your treasure is there your heart will be also is that right he says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Prove me now or try me now in this, says the Lord. If I'll not open the windows of heaven, pour out such a blessing, there won't be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that uh, he'll not destroy the fruit of your ground nor the vine uh, uh, shall bear fruit and so on and so forth, etc. And much, realize, say much blessing. Much blessing. We could read it up, much blessing. All right. Now look here if you would, so you can see that, did you know you can never outgive God? You just can't do it. Notice in Genesis 4 verse 3. See, I remember sitting in a church many years ago when I was a kid. I was like 18, 19 years old. And I was sitting in the church, minding my own business. And I was, and I had a job. I was probably making at that time, probably I don't know, twenty-eight thousand a year, give or take. I don't know what it was, something like that. Twenty-five thousand. It was a first-year teacher, so it wasn't that much. You know, we underpay teachers. It, we, 
There's something wrong when a baseball player is getting 85 million a year and a teacher barely gets paid enough to... There's something wrong with that, isn't there? But I'm sitting in a church and they're receiving tithes and offerings and I, I brought my tip. You know what a tip is? I didn't bring my tithe, I brought my tip. They both started with T, so I thought I was in good shape. And I'm sitting there and, and the Spirit of God, you, know, you can believe me or not, doesn't matter to me if you believe me or not, but in my, right in here, he, he spoke to my heart. And you know what he called me? He called me a freeloader. Now, that's a low blow. But if you're God, you can do that and get away with it. He said, and he said, spoke to me. He said, you're sitting here taking up this nice, you know, uh, heating and this, you know, all these lights and everything and all the expenses of these church going on and you're just bringing, he called me a freeloader. Boy, he got my attention. I've, we've tithed from that day to this. Amen. All the needs have been met on every side. Can you say amen? We went to Oklahoma. Lord directed us to go to Bible school. We went to Bible school. We always kept God first. We tithe. And there's a lot of times, to be honest with you, it, it, the budget, it, didn't, it, we, it looked like we couldn't afford to tithe, but you know you can't afford not to keep God first. Amen? And we did it anyway by faith. And you know what? In that two years' time, God met every need on every side. Glory to God. And, and many supernatural things we, we, could, we could talk about. But, but you see, if you keep God first... You know, if you, if you take care of his house, he'll take care of your house. Now, you still got to work. You still need to be industrious. You still need to budget. You know that there is a spiritual side to prosperity and there's a natural side to it. The natural side is you work hard and you budget. The spiritual side is you keep God first in the tithe and the offering. Amen? Amen. Tithe is a, what, what I call the first fruit, the first 10 the first 10%, 10 of your increase, you see. And then the, what, is the, what is one penny beyond the tithe? It's a gift. And then Jesus says, see, if you tithe, then, then he opens the windows of heaven and, and God gets involved in your finances when you're a tither. But when you become a giver and you give one penny beyond the, the tithe, then Jesus said, give and it'll be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Is that right? So tithing, I believe, gets God involved and giving will get men involved. Glory to God. Now, why do we want people given back to us and whatnot? So we can establish the covenant upon the earth. So we can tell more people about Jesus, all right? So we can help more people, more of those, those, those girls at, at Mercy Ministries. Amen? You understand? You okay? It has nothing to do with getting a gold watch on your wrist or a diamond ring on your finger. It has nothing to do with you getting a Mercedes Benz. Say amen, somebody. And you need to be watchful of ministers that are talking about money all the time. I seldom ever talk about it. But, you know, if you want to see if you're keeping God first, you just have to look no further than what you're doing with your, with your money, you see. Now, did you get to Genesis 4, verse 3? And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord and Abel also brought of the what? Of his flock and of their what? Fat. That means the best. The Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Why is that? I could give you about 18 different reasons, but to keep it simple here, what did Abel do? He brought the what? The first and the fat or the best. Realize, say first and best. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it says that Abel brought his by faith. Did you know it takes faith 
to give God the first and the best? It takes faith. And that's why God respected Abel's offering and not Cain's. I think it's clear Cain brought an offering, you know, but it wasn't the first and the best. You know, I've always been one that if you're going to give something away to somebody, why do you want to give them your junk? You know, now there's nothing wrong if something wears out, you give it to somebody, nothing wrong with that. But like if the church, if we're going to be receiving up clothes to give to the poor, you know, let's don't give them our junk. Go to Walmart or somewhere, and I'm still a Walmart shopper, and I, I always will be. It's in my blood. When they say, attention, Walmart shoppers, I always turn around. One lady told me one time she wanted to come preach in the church. She said she'd been delivered from shopping at Walmart. And I said, well, I just can't have you come because I, I still shop at Walmart. Amen. Much we could say. Don't ever get too big for your britches. Did you hear me? Glory to God. But he didn't bring his first in his best. See, this is not about us getting rich. It's about us being blessed so we can be a blessing. Amen? You okay? Go to Joshua 6, verse 19. I don't want to preach on too long here. This whole message is about keeping God first. Did you know that can fix your marriage? Keeping God first. Put God first in your marriage. It can fix it. Now look at this. Watch this. Joshua, are you in Joshua 6, 19? Remember when Moses had died and now Joshua is gonna take the children of Israel into promised land. Remember the first city they came up against was what? Jericho. Jericho. Notice verse uh, Joshua 6, 19. But all the silver and gold, vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Is that what the Bible said? That was the first city and the first belongs to God. Real loud say the first, first. Belongs, to God. belongs to God. All right. The Bible's clear. If you don't do that, he, he, he reckons us unto a thief. And the children of Israel, of course, there was one amongst them that didn't listen. Remember his name? Achan. And he took some of what he shouldn't have taken. And he hid it. Remember, he hid it among his own stuff. Remember that? How many remembers that? And then Israel went up against this little bitty, rinky-dink little city named Ai. And they suffered a horrible defeat. Do you remember that? And so Joshua wonders, well, why have we been defeated? We whipped that big city. Now we can't whip this little bitty one. Look at Joshua 7 verse 10. Because Joshua is before the Lord and he's seeking him. He said, why did we lose the battle? Why did we lose the battle? So Joshua 7 verse 10, the Lord says to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things. What happens when you touch the tithe and take it for yourself? It becomes a curse, isn't it? You need to remember this. The tithe is blessed, marked as a blessing or a curse. The tithe is marked as a blessing or a curse. Did you hear me? It's a blessing or a curse. If you, if you give it to God, how many of you know it all belongs to him? No. It all belongs to him. And he allows us to keep 90 and give him 10. Isn't that a good deal? 
But if you tamper with that 10%, I'm just telling you, it's marked as a blessing or a curse. You give it to God, it's a blessing. If you keep it unto yourself, put it among your own stuff, it's a curse. I'd rather have a blessed 90 than a cursed 100, wouldn't you? And notice in verse 11, Israel has sinned. They've also transgressed my covenant, which I commend them, for they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both, what's that next word? Stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own what? Their own stuff. Look at verse 12. Therefore, because of this, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Isn't that pretty clear? And we could read on. Sake of time, I think you get the point. And it's interesting, look, just to see God's heart in all this, look at Joshua 8, verse 2. I think this will be a blessing to you. Look at Joshua 8, verse 2. Notice what God told them about all of the other, other uh, cities. Notice, and you shall do to Ai, see, after they repented, because remember what they did? They took Achan and his family and they dealt harshly with them. Remember that? Because Achan had hid the tithe among his own stuff. They dealt harshly with him. Is that right? And, but, but they repent. Isn't, isn't it wonderful? We can repent. And, and notice that Joshua 8 too, and you shall do, then he says, God tells this to Joshua, you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its cattle you shall take as what? Booty. That just means you get it all for yourselves. Isn't that wonderful? See, we give God his. You know, he'll bless us. We get to keep the rest and, 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 and do that. But let's just give him what he wants. Is that right? Let's do it with a good and a right heart. Things will go better for us. And we could go on and on and on. I was going to read the whole thing, but for the sake of time, I won't. But remember Elijah the prophet? Remember that? And, and, and he called for a, a drought in the land at the, at, at the voice of God. Is that right? And there was a drought in the land. And how many of you know he was by the brook? And, and remember, while he was by the brook, the ravens brought him bread. Is that right? In the morning and the evening. Is that correct? That just kind of does away with lunch, doesn't it? You, you wouldn't laugh at anything. That's all right. But he, the raven brings in the food in the morning and evening. Is that right? And then the brook, the brook dried up. When the brook dried up, the word of the Lord came to him and gave, had further direction. Is that right? I want you to know something. You know how concerned I am about this physical cliff? You know how concerned I am about the stock market? Zip. I do wish this. I wish that this country would get its budget and money dealings under control. And I wish those politicians would have to do the same thing that I have to do. I have to be sure there's more coming in than what's going out. And you do too, is that right? But you know, I'm not going to lose a bit of sleep. That's about what they got coming. I'm so tired of listening to all that baloney and malarkey. But you know what? If we'll keep God first, we don't run on, on, on Wall Street. We don't run on the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones. We run on what I call heavenomics. Is that right? Really, I'll say heavenomics. And you know what? Physical cliff, no physical cliff. I tell you what, God still got those ravens. Did you know that? He, I'm, I'm not in the least bit concerned. Because God's still God, isn't he? And if we'll honor him and we'll keep him first, 
And I tell you what, I, I, I've said this for quite some time. I'll say it again. We're, we're coming up on a time where, and we're in it right now, just the first parts of it. We're up on a time where all these faith principles that we've learned over all these years, we're going to need to be sure we're walking in them because we're going to need them for survival and protection. Did you hear me? But remember the brook dried up and the Lord had further direction. When the brook dries up, God has further direction. Is that right? He said, go over to the widow's house. Remember that? And so Elijah went over to the widow's house and uh, God said, I provided a widow over there to, 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 to feed you. Is that right? And when, when Elijah shows up, she's out there gathering some sticks and whatnot. And he said, just put in my own words, he says, go make for me a, a little cake and, and make, bring me which one? The first one. And she just had a little bit. She didn't have much. And she was getting ready to go eat it and die. Is that right? But she obeyed, didn't she? And did she bring the man, the man of God, the first and the best? <laughs> first. Little cake brought it first. Little cake brought it to him first. What happened? There was supernatural provision there, wasn't there? And, and some say she went as, many, as long as a year and a half, maybe longer, and they were sustained. Why? Because she kept God first. Let's close in Revelation 2 verse 1. We can talk about tithes. We can talk about money. We can talk about all this. But I tell you what, right here is where I want to close and I want you to get, get this lesson. Did you get anything out of this today? Was it helpful at all? It's teaching you the word of God. How many of you know you can get healed of cancer while we're teaching on first things? I've had people get healed of all kinds of things while I wasn't even teaching on healing. <laughs> you know why that is? Because the, word, the anointing rides on the word. <laughs> I believe God's still in the healing business. He's still in the baptizing in the Holy Ghost business. He's still in the speaking in tongues business. Amen? Glory to God. Revelation 2 verse 1. Speaking to this church here, the Lord through John, speaking to the church, to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Well, that has to do with this symbolic and the stars, I believe, are the, the messengers of the pastors and the lampstands. It, it has to do with the, the, the churches. There were seven churches there and he's writing to this one here in Ephesus. He says, I know your works your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have, uh, and you know, just on that, I'll, I'll say this, be watchful of a minister. We're talking about tithes and all. Be watchful of a minister that's prophesying money out of your pocket and into theirs. Amen. I wouldn't send them, I, I never have sent them, a, 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 not, a, not a plug penny. Did you hear me? Well, if you give in this offering right here, then you're going to get blessed. That is the biggest bunch of bunk. How many of you know we just had 12, 12, 12 come up? Remember that? And there were some of those charlatans talking about giving, you know, if you give, you know, a certain amount on 12 to probably, I didn't hear any of them, but I heard some of my pastor friends were telling me that, you know, like if you give like $12 and 12 cents, or if you give $122.12 or something, $112.12 on 12, 12, 12, then you get maybe a 12-fold blood. You know that's the biggest bunch of baloney. Can you say amen? amen? 
and they've been doing it for years. Snake oil salesmen, you know, and, you know, well, if you send in such and such, we'll send you some water. My God, help us. You've never been dumb enough to send them any money, have you? Those had some people duck their heads. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I didn't see him. You know how you get blessed? You put God first. Amen. Oh, if you give in this one offering, no. You be, con- realize, say consistent. consistent. Just consistent. Be consistent. Seek the Lord. Find out who he wants you to s- send money to and put, you know, the local church and whatnot, however, wherever he, however he directs you, that's between you and him. And you obey him and you do it consistently. And how many of you know you can't tithe one time and just get blessed? It takes t- consistency. Year, week in, week out. Week in, week out. Year in, year... Do you hear me? Yes. And in the process of time, you'll leave the land of lack. You'll come to the land of even. And then in the process of time, you'll leave the land of even and you'll come over into the land of prosperity. Amen? Is that right? There's some good ones on television. I'd send to some of them. Billy Graham's a good one, amen? Amen. And we could name others. To the angel, and we've already read that. Look at verse two, but what did they do? Verse two, they tested those who say they're apostles and not found them liars. Wow. Verse three, and you have persevered and have patience, have labored for my namesake and and have not become weary. Isn't that just like Jesus? He, He applauds the good that they've done. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your, you've left your what? Now, who is our first love? It's Jesus, isn't he our first love? You've left your first love. So, you know, they got so busy. Did you know you can get so busy working for God that you can lose your closeness with God? That's what this church did. They were full of good works. But in the midst of all those good works and much Jesus had to say about them was good, they lost their first love, Jesus. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent and do the first works or else. You don't want God saying or else to you. Or else I'll come to you quickly. Did you know quickly according to him is not quickly according to us? Quickly according to me is, you know, the next 10, 15 minutes. Quickly according to him was, I think it was a 100 or so years later. See, they, did, they, they ultimately didn't repent. And you know what? He said, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. He's always looking for repentance, but he was telling them, if you don't get back to your first works, I'm gonna come shut the church down. Did you know he started, he could shut it down. And you know some hundred years later, see quickly to the Lord is not quickly to you and me. He shut that place down. Well, we need to keep Jesus first, don't we? Let's stand in the presence of a holy God. Heads bowed, eyes closed. First of all, if you're here today, I don't need the music today, thank you but just heads bowed, eyes closed, standing before the Lord. Heads bowed, eyes closed, attitude of prayer and worship before him. First of all, if you're 
here and you don't know Jesus. You've never repented, turned from your, repent just means to turn away from. You've never turned from your sins and, and came to Jesus and placed your faith in him and trust in him and invite him into your life. You've never done that. I'd encourage you to do that before you leave today. There'll be some men and women standing up.